Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Episode 185 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. As always, it's brought to you by Botano. Congratulations about the start of the MLB season. You placed a futures bet on the Toronto Blue Jays to make the postseason because, damn it, it happened. And, damn it, you got some money in your account. Shout out to Botano, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Coomzy, the Jays punched their ticket. They did it. Barely, but they did it. Yeah, never in doubt, man. And that went in a. <clears throat> A very 2023 Blue Jays way for that to go. It started off. The series was exciting. It was good vibes. It was like, oh, look at this, man. The Rays aren't showing up this weekend. We're going to sweep and we're going to clinch a playoff spot. It's going to be real fun. Then they go into the second game on Saturday and it's kind of like laying an egg. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. Where was that team we just watched on Friday? And then they don't clinch in front of their fans. But lo and behold, it didn't really matter because the Seattle Mariners lost to the Texas Rangers. Our best friends, the Texas Rangers, my favorite team in the American League, of course. And then Sunday's game just didn't matter. It was, I mean, if you sat down and watched that slog, you're a weird dude. So it was really ugly spring training style baseball in game number 162. Blue Jays are in. They're off to Minnesota, which we talked about this a few times ago. I'm a little skeptical about. I'm really nervous because I talked a lot of shit about the American League Central the entire year. And I'm nervous it's going to come back to haunt me really bad. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. The playoff matchups are now set for the Toronto Blue Jays, and it felt like a long shot to have things play out the way they did. But damn it, it ended up. Well, we'll talk about if it worked out okay for the Blue Jays. Instead of doing three up, three down today, Coomzy, I'm going to float a few headlines from the last couple of days your way. And you're going to tell me if it's an up or a down or if maybe people are making too big of a deal about certain things. Let's start with the fact that the Jays didn't clinch on their own. I tweeted that it really felt like, and you just said it too, like the perfect way for the Toronto Blue Jays to do it, right? They fell backwards into the playoffs. They needed help. They couldn't clinch on their own. Is that an up or a down? Like, are you just happy that they're in? Or are you sitting there going, really, this team couldn't win one more game against the Rays on Saturday and do it themselves? I'll try and put myself back into <clears throat> where I was on Saturday afternoon when this was all going down and we the Jays had just lost that game in an extra innings. And it was like, Hey, look, you have the perfect opportunity to walk things off, clinch a playoff spot. It'd be amazing for, you know, the 45,000 people that bought tickets to watch this ball game. I'll try and put myself back into that spot because now I don't care. 
with yeah. like given the way the out of town scoreboard went, given the fact that they're the third wild card, seems like everything worked out, which is great. That's kind of what I was saying in my 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 opening thing is, man, things just keep working out for this team as bad and as ugly as it looks. I'm still going to give it a down because the Jays announced today, actually on the Sunday game, that they surpassed three million fans in this during the season for I think the eighth time in franchise history and the first time since 2017. So I mean, obviously you're not going to have that during the two COVID years, so you got to wipe those ones. But an improvement over last year, which is, uh, I think, a big win for the team. But you had all your fans come out in the weekend to watch this series against Tampa. Yet we're really good on Friday and then really bad on Saturday. So I'm going to give that a thumbs down. That was disappointing because it could have been an all-time fun marquee Jays moment. If somebody had hit a bomb in the ninth inning, it could have been like, that would have been a fun way to finish the season. It's a shame they didn't have that moment. But why would they have that moment? They never have these moments. (laughs) Again, yeah, you're right. It was so fitting. And now that you kind of say that, like, you're right. In the moment when you're sitting there as a Jays fan, it's the bottom of the ninth. And that that split second when Kevin Biggio hammered that baseball with George Springer on second, like, it was euphoria. It was like, oh, my God, this is going to get down. They did it. Like, they're going to get to do this big, crazy walk-off celebration. And it didn't end up breaking that way. So I agree with you that it is a bit of a downer that the Jays were not able to clinch on their own. I'll throw something your way that I think is a clear cut up. And it kind of ties into the first game when the offense exploded for 11 runs against the Tampa Bay Rays, four hits for Bo Bichette, three hits for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And you look at the way those two are hitting right now. Vladdy in his last seven games has an OPS of nine, nine, nine. Bo Bichette in his last seven games has an OPS north of a thousand. These two are heating up at the right moment and they're two bats that we know can carry this offense. It is perfect timing that they're swinging the bats the way they are right now. Yeah, honestly, at the at, at the end of it, it doesn't really matter how you looked over the course of 162 game season like it does when you're talking about yeah. what you're doing next year, how much you're going to sign a guy for. But when you're going into the playoffs, I mean, all that really matters is how you're performing right here, right now. Yeah. In 2022, we saw Philadelphia. They were a wild card team. They went all the way to the World Series. Think about 2021. Alex Anthopoulos wins the World Series with his all of his trade deadline acquisitions. Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, guys like that or just going nuclear was nobody would have expected that. I think they had the same amount of wins 89 as the Jays do right now going into the playoffs. It's just all about getting hot at the right time. And the Jays have, I mean, we never saw the lineup depth operate the same, the the way that it was supposed to throughout the entire course of the season. We never saw that deep, potent attack operate for the more than like three days at a time. But I mean, the pieces are all here, man, like lower in your order. You got Matt Chapman, you got Alejandro Kirk, you got Dalton Varsho. There's all kinds of guys who can come through with big hits. And if, if, if they put it together finally at the right time, then no one's going to remember the regular season when they went long periods of time looking nowhere near their best. Another one I want to throw your way. Is this an up or a down after watching the Rays series? And that is the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen. A very nice couple of appearances in there. Jordan Romano came in in a scenario that last podcast we were like, John Schneider, stop using him when it's not a save, when it's a tie game in the ninth or whatever. Don't put him in. He struggles. He comes in in that scenario. Pitch is great. They then go to Jordan Hicks in the ninth and things kind of unraveled in the 10th after Hicks gave him a clean ninth. Are you sitting there going, this bullpen is still nails. I still have 100% trust net heading into the postseason. Or are you sitting there after 
watching Jordan Hicks give up a couple of runs. The nine hole hitter doing a lot of the damage in that rally for the Rays didn't look great in the series. I shouldn't even say didn't look great in the series finale, but Tim Mesa gave up a run. Genesis Carrera gave up a run. Like, how are you feeling about the Jays bullpen? Is there is it an up or a down right now? It's hard to say. It's a weird one because, I mean, to be fair to them, the Jays did just play the Rays last weekend as well. So it's kind of, you know, yeah. six games against the Rays put together pretty quickly. So those are a lot of instances in which Tampa's pitching saw Toronto's pitching over and over and over again. And the Rays are a good team. They they have a deep lineup, a deep attack. They can hit. Um, I don't probably feel as good about it as I should. I know this was sort of meant to be the strength a few weeks ago. This is what we looked at. Oh man, just get this pitching staff into October. Like even if the starters aren't fantastic, even if a uh, Barrios or a Bassett or Kukuchi, whoever gives you five innings or you have to pull them in the fourth, who knows? There's so much depth coming out of the bullpen that you should be fine. But the other worry is that since the Jays weren't able to take it easy, like other teams were, they didn't have their spot locked up easy. Like early in the month, they, they had to kind of, you know, sprint to the finish line a little bit and, use guys in situations where they pretty much didn't wind up getting any rest. Like Saturday, Jordan Hicks pitches the two innings, even on Sunday, Wes Parsons is only able to go three or four innings. So everyone has to pitch pretty much. It's really not ideal. So I, 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 I feel fine about it, but I don't feel my best. I think if the Jays had locked things up five days earlier and they could have had a really easy weekend, that'd be better. But at the very least, they haven't seen Minnesota in a long time. So these are relievers. The twins aren't familiar with going up against. Yeah, that's fair. Day off Monday will help too, right? Like a lot of these guys don't need two, three days off to get back to full speed. You do have your ace going on Monday. I don't want to talk about that a little bit. It ties a, a bit into the conversation we had about not clinching on your own on Saturday. If Texas didn't help you out, you were burning Kevin Gosman on Sunday instead of going with Wes Parsons, instead of playing a glorified spring training game on for game 162, you almost had to use Kevin Gosman, and that would have drastically changed the outlook of the wildcard series for the Blue Jays. Like, man, they dodged such a big bullet there. Yeah, that's that's honestly something I should have brought up when you asked yeah. me about needing help from a different team because we were literally just like a Seattle win over Texas away from Gosman pitching Sunday's awful game, and then you're going into either Minnesota or whatever in the situation where you can't use Gosman in the wildcard series. So yeah, you're right. Dodge a huge bullet there. That's uh things could have been really ugly at this. The most 2023 Jays thing that could have possibly happened, I think would have been that they had to win game 162 on a walk off to get into the playoffs. That would have made some sense, but they, they didn't put us through that at the, through that at the very least. What'd you make of Hunjin Ryu in his final start? And let's be honest, could very well be his final start as a blue Jay. The Rays were getting a lot of really hard contact off the Jays starter, gave up two earned runs in three innings, seven hits. Like it's probably lucky. It wasn't more than two earned runs in those three innings. I'm still choosing despite some struggles. And you kind of saw in that last game, Schneider didn't really trust him to go through a third time in the order. I'm still viewing this Hunjin Ryu stretch as a massive positive. Cause if he didn't come back and pitch the way he did, like we need to remember this team made the playoffs by one game. Seattle owned the tiebreaker. If Hunjin Ryu wasn't backing in the rotation for the last, whatever, six weeks, they may not make the playoffs. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, you look at it, the, the last few starts weren't very good. It seemed like maybe he ran out of gas. Maybe it was just, you know, the Rays see him well. They, they've hit him well in the past. It is what it is, but you look at 11 starts, 3.46 ERA, 52 innings for Ryu. 
nobody saw this coming last year like even at the end of last season when they got knocked out of the playoffs and we were talking about who's going to be back in 2022 who's in the mix and we were putting together the starting pitching rotation we never even talked about the idea of Hyunjin Ryu coming back let alone coming back and making 11 solid starts to a 3.46 ERA there was it was inconceivable and I mean this might be his last start as a Blue Jay unless they go very deep and they need a you know five-man starting rotation in the playoffs I, I, I kind of doubt it'll happen. He, maybe he'll make an appearance as a reliever, but I've said before, I don't think his stuff really plays particularly well to the bullpen. So I, I don't think we'll see Hyunjin Ryu pitch for the Jays again, unless you never know, like he's a free agent in the off season. Maybe they work something out and he comes back as a depth arm. There is some certain, some uncertainty in their rotation next year, but I personally would be kind of surprised if we did see him again, but Hey, honestly, like you put the whole thing together for your contract, that amazing first season, a lot of good starts in 2021, this way, this, this, this finished to 2023, helping them make the playoffs. Like, they they got what they were looking for out of that contract, even though it was looking not the best for a minute there. And it went down with Tommy John surgery. Like they 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 did wind up doing really well. Putting Ryu in the up column, I agree with that. It's yeah. nice to see that if this is the end for him, he still got to end on a positive, and that is helping the Toronto Blue Jays make the postseason. So they didn't have to use Kevin Gosman in Game Three. They end up using Wes Parsons, thirty-one-year-old journeyman. MLB pitcher shouldn't even call him a journeyman MLB pitcher because he's throwing like 43 career innings. This is a dude who was more or less just a good minor league soldier for him. They give him the final start. To do that, though, they had to DFA Jay Jackson, who in all likelihood wasn't going to factor in to the postseason roster. That led to a little bit of a reaction online. I saw Mike Wilner, for those of you who are blocked, he tweeted, Jackson deserves much better or deserves much, much better than the roller coaster Jays have had him on this season. There were other options to DFA without the playoff roster potential he has too. I don't think he has playoff roster potential. I think Jay Jackson's a great guy. I think he's a great story. I know he went through a lot of stuff personally this year. Sports is a business. It's Jay Jackson is what he is at this point. He's a journeyman reliever. I'm sure this situation was communicated to him ahead of time. If it wasn't, maybe that's a shame, but I felt like this was people making a bit of a mountain out of a molehill in the outrage about this Jay Jackson situation. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think you're wrong. I I don't know. I don't, I, I didn't see many people offer a different solution as to who could have been removed from the roster for any of this to work and make sense. I saw stuff like, Oh, why don't you just DFA Trevor Richards or, you know, I mean, no, because Trevor Richards, yeah, he's been bad since coming back from the injury, but he's still under control next year. He had a really good stretch in June, July, and August, and he played a huge role in the team when Alec Manoa was down at the um, spring training complex. So uh, you can't just fire somebody else off the roster. I guess the other thing that could have possibly happened is the option Genesis Cabrera and DFA somebody else from the 40. I don't know. I I don't know. To me, this just doesn't seem like the end of the world. Jay Jackson knew his role. I think if you went back and asked him in March and spring training, hey, how do you see the year going? If he looked forward and saw the year that he had with the Blue Jays and what that will mean for him in free agency now and what that could mean for him playing on a team next year, I think he's probably going to be happy. Like, I, I don't understand the Wilner comment about the roller coaster ride the Jays have had him on because he kind of signed up on the minor league deal to be the guy coming up to and from Buffalo over and over and over again. And they've changed the rules so that you can only send guys down a certain amount of times before you have to DFA them. And that's what they're trying to do here. And I don't know. I just, to me, it just seemed like a reality of the business, but 
Jay Jackson's a really popular person in the Blue Jays community. He's a well-liked player. So I, I understand why people get mad about this stuff. It's, you know, you like the player, you, you know, his story with his son, it's been a challenge going through all that. So I think that's what people attach themselves to, but you're right. When you say it's a business, it's, there weren't, it's not like they had a whole bunch of other players they could have removed from the roster that, that would have been easier. This Jay Jackson's soon to become a free agent. It is what it is. That's kind of just the natural choice. This isn't like it's a guy who's been a Blue Jay for 10 years and is like just kind of fallen out of favor in the roster and you're screwing over some longtime Blue Jays veteran. Like, again, I'd like the line you said, Jake Jackson kind of knew what he was signing up for in all of this. I didn't quite understand all of the outrage about it, but there was a lot of what I'd call fake outrage. We'll touch on it in just a second. Actually, no, let's get into it right now. The Jays clinch a playoff spot by the Mariners losing. The Jays lose their final two games of the season. And after this final game, they celebrate on the field. They pop champagne. It's what every other team that's clinched a playoff spot has done in Major League Baseball. And yet you sign on to Twitter, you look around the fan base, and there are people bitching about how this team doesn't deserve to celebrate. Do I like and I, I don't quite know how I feel about this. I It's a grind of a season, man, 162 games. And to be one of the final six teams in your league standing is a big accomplishment. I am totally OK with these guys celebrating. There's a part of me that kind of goes like you got in by losing two games. Like maybe you shouldn't be going absolutely nuts. But I'm also not going to sit there and throw a fit about it the way a lot of people seem to want to throw a fit about it online. Like this is a baseball thing. It's not new. People who are getting mad about it. I'm kind of just like, you know, you could just not watch the videos, right? You could just like totally push this off to the side and not pay attention to it at all. I don't know. It felt like fake outrage to me. Yeah. To me, I don't know. Like it's, I don't even think it's fake outrage. I think these people are genuinely mad about that. And it's just like, you're fucking insane. Like, yeah. I mean, if you believe this, then you're, you're, you're probably one of two people. You're either a difficult person to be around, or you probably just started watching baseball in August of 2015. And you didn't recognize that this was a thing that was happening before you probably weren't around during all those seasons where the mid two thousands blue Jays won 77 games. And it wasn't even possible for them to be anywhere near the playoffs. Like you think that winning 89 games and squeezing in as the third wildcard team's a joke, but I don't know, man, did you watch the team between 1994 and 2014 where you're around for those 20 seasons? Like if you're, if you're not sitting there watching the Jays celebrate with a smile on your face, then I don't know, you probably weren't, or you're just an asshole. I also think it's a little bit of like, you set the tone for the playoffs a little bit. It gets you into that playoff mindset. As weird as that sounds, team bondings, maybe the way I'm looking at it. Like you see all the videos coming out right now, Kevin Kiermaier pouring a beer all over his face and spitting it out. Jordan Romano shirtless singing in the dressing room. I think it brings the team closer together in kind of a weird way. So I I'm totally okay with it. Like, again, I, there's a part of me that kind of sees where people are coming from. Cause it's like, yeah, like you, if, if you lose to Minnesota now in the wild card round, your season's still a failure. And that's, I totally understand that. But at the same time, we're not players. We're not in the room. We didn't have to grind through 162 games of baseball over the last five months. Like, I, I'm okay with letting the guys do this. Um, also, like, consider that, like, the, the point you made, like, what the, the line you just said, like, yeah, it might be a failure for Ross Atkins if the team loses in the first round, but look at every guy in that room. How do you tell David Schneider this season was a failure? How do you tell, you know, Kevin Kiermaier, Brandon Belt, guys who came back from injuries? How do you tell, you know, um, Kevin Gosman or Bo or, or Chris Bassett, Jose Barrios, 
you know, guys that had a bounce back year like that, Kikuchi, Ryu coming back from his injury. How do you tell them their year didn't matter just because they didn't win the playoff series you wanted them to win? Maybe that's the case for the front office. Maybe you don't like the Cleveland crew, but you don't have to take out every single angst you have towards the front office on the players every single time. You can you can just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. It's supposed to be fun. 100%. So let's talk about what's ahead now for this Blue Jays team in a Pretty wild turn of events when you look at the scenarios that had to play out. The Jays are now getting a shot to play the Minnesota Twins in the first round of the MLB playoffs. I'm torn on this one because and we touched on it last episode. The right-handed pitching for the Jays, they've just played the Rays a ton. They, they actually appeared to line up okay against them. On the other side, we are a Vibes podcast. The Tampa Bay Rays and the Trop present terrible vibes for this Toronto Blue Jays team and playing a team like Minnesota who hasn't won a playoff game. They've lost like 18 straight playoff games. They haven't won a playoff game since like 2004. They go to the playoffs and they choke. That is what the Minnesota twins do. The vibes of that feel a lot better at the same time. I'm no dummy. I can go to MLB.com and look and see. Oh yeah. In the last 30 days of the major league baseball season, the twins are third in all of the league and in team OPS, they're fourth in home runs. This pitching staff is good with guys like Sonny Graham, Pablo Lopez, as much as we love to rip. And you know, I love to rip along with you, the central division, this twins team is actually pretty good. Yeah. They're they're We, we talked about them pretty poorly throughout most of the year. The whole central division was viewed as sort of a joke, but the twins they're they're set up nicely for a three game playoff series. Honestly, you got Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray at the, as your one and two, and then quite a few different options to throw out there in the third game, if it gets to that. And then another option to probably put behind that starter. If it doesn't work out, they, they have good pitching depth. They have a very good bullpen. They have hitters who can hit dingers, but like you said, they Minnesota twins, don't make the playoffs and win playoff games. You were right when you said their last playoff win came in 2004 and a start from Johan Santana and the American League Division Series against the Yankees. And they've gone on to lose, I think it's 18 playoff games in a row. So, I mean, if you're the Jays and you lose to Minnesota, then this is the second season in a row where another team has kind of like fixed their curse against you. Like think about Seattle last year. They hadn't made the playoffs since 2001 and they had the longest route and they came in and did that to the Blue Jays in Toronto. So, I mean, uh, as much as I want to lean into the, oh, the Minnesota Twins never win in the playoffs. If there was a team for them to win against in the playoffs, it unfortunately might be the Jays. But I mean, I, I got pretty comfortable saying that I think the Jays could beat the Rays in a playoff series, given the way things matched up. So it would be silly to say that the Jays can't beat the Minnesota Twins, who finished, you know, 12, 13 games back of the Rays in the standings. Tampa's still the better team, no matter how many different ways we want to tell ourselves the Jays might have won that series. The Minnesota is the weaker team here. They're, they have a worse record than the Jays do. They wouldn't be a playoff team if not for the division format. And then also you think about after this series, then if they were playing Tampa and they won, they'd have to go and play Baltimore, but then they're going to move on now to face the winner of the American league West, which is Houston, which I think is probably a better path, but I don't know. At the end of the day, you got to beat good teams. You got to go into another team's building. You're going to go to Minnesota where it's going to be cold. You're not really used to playing in that environment. It's not going to be easy, but I don't know. I, I, I feel, I feel decent about it. I never feel amazingly good about the 2023 blue Jays beating anybody, but I also don't feel like there's anyone they can't beat. You know what I mean? I'm with you. I think we've seen enough of this team to kind of go, Hey, if the pitching's dialed and their big guns are hot, 
this Jays team is just as good as anyone else in the American League. Um, just quickly on the note of the starting pitching, I talked about how hot their bats have been as of late. The Twins starting pitching has been electric as of late as well, specifically Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez. Sonny Gray went through the month of August with a 2.04 ERA, giving up just nine earned runs in 39 and two-thirds innings pitched. And then in September, he made five starts and had an ERA of two as well. He's been dynamite. Like, we're talking Cy Young finalist alongside Garrett Cole and Kevin Gosman, potentially. Um, and then you look at Pablo Lopez, and there were some tough, I shouldn't even say tough stretches. There were some average stretches for Lopez throughout the year. But he's dialed it right back in month of August ERA of two month of September ERA of 3.68. These guys are really, really good. And with the cold weather, what we know about this Jays bat, is it fair to say that the biggest concern heading into this series is that in a cold weather setup with two electric arms, the Jays are going to get like four hits through the first 18 innings of this series. Yeah, this is going to be an absolute pitcher's duel. Like this is going to be a slog offensively. The, the I don't know the the like like I've said that's the the thing that really worries me the most about this series. The Jays having to play those outdoor games, but I think the positive will be is that this is a playoff matchup that features a kind of boring team in the twins from the States and then a Canadian team. So they're probably going to be playing during the day, but then again, the wild card round features some pretty low markets. You think like Miami's involved, Tampa Bay's involved, Milwaukee's involved. It's not very many exciting markets to hold games. So I, I, if I had to venture a guess, I don't think the Jays are going to be playing at night in Minnesota, but I have really hard to say what's up. I have your answer actually four minutes ago, uh, Dustin Morse. He is the communications and marketing director for the Minnesota twins. He tweeted out the schedule. He did say it's subject to change, but he has the Jays and twins going at four thirty-eight Eastern time for games one, two and three of the series. It's looking like Texas and Tampa are going to be the first game of the day at three Oh eight Eastern then Toronto mini and then the NL games will be in the evening. So they didn't get the terror. Like I think the worst start time is yeah. without a doubt early in the day, but also when you're the road team, do you even really care when you start like the earlier, maybe the better, the crowd might not be as good. I don't know. I actually think also think about Minnesota. There are going to be a lot of Canadians going down, right? Like the, I was just looking at this with Brett before the game and the, the cost of a flight from Edmonton to get to Minnesota really isn't even that bad. And I imagine it's better from Calgary too. So Vancouver as well. I think this is going to be a very Jays heavy playoff series. Yeah. You even look at the amount of people from like Winnipeg, Manitoba, that'll probably go down for this one. There will probably be a decent amount of Jays fans in the building, which is another plus to this. Cause I don't think there would be a lot of Jays fans at the trop if they happen to make that series. Um, That's a nightmare so, trip, man. Yeah. The other thing with Minnesota, we talked about those numbers. I'll rattle off who they played in the month of September over the last 30 days here. And maybe it explains some of their really good offensive numbers. They went Texas, Cleveland, the Mets, the Rays, but then they went Chicago, Cincy, Angels, A's, Rockies to end the year. They did put up a lot of runs like in that series against the angels. It was 17 runs in the series against the, the A's. It was 18 runs. Like maybe part of these offensive numbers were a result of a pretty lackluster strength of schedule for the twins. Yeah. You'd think because I mean, when was the last time the twins played a meaningful high pressure game? Like, 
there was a point maybe in August, I think Cleveland claimed a few guys from Anaheim when they put them all in waivers and Cleveland was only a few games back of Minnesota. But I mean, I, it kind of feels like since, yeah, I'm just looking at them in August. They were only up by two games at the beginning of the month. And then they kind of went on fire there a little bit, beat some bad opponents. They're up by five, six, seven games. I don't think Minnesota is exactly a battle tested team this season. I don't think there was very many times the twins felt a tremendous amount of pressure to really be like, all right, we got to bear down and win the American league central this year. This is going to be tough. I, I don't think they really, they really navigated that situation. I think the Jays have dealt with a, a whole whack load of adversity this year and they play in that super difficult division. Every American league East game feels like a playoff game. Even in April, they were feeling that way. So I don't know. I, this is a lot of nonsense and a lot of just conjecture, but it, it feels like the Jays have played more postseason type games this regular season than the twins have though. I will be honest and say, I do not pay very much attention to the Minnesota twins. So I could be very wrong. They could be playing day after day, gritty playoff style baseball. And I would be totally unaware of that. <laughs> All right. We are going to finish off our preview of this series in a bit. I'm going to ask you three things that need to happen for the Toronto Blue Jays to win this series. But first, let's step aside and take a quick break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Moving along on episode 185 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. The Jays are postseason bound, but let's bring in our boy Brett Holden to get the lowdown on what else happened in the playoff picture around the major leagues. Brett, take us through what just quickly what happened over the last couple of days and then also what some of these matchups are in both in the American League. Yeah, hopefully I don't fumble this one just like the Seattle Mariners did yesterday. I want to talk a little logistics around how we got here. Starting off with Coombsy, you said today's game 162 wasn't that fun for the Blue Jays, but the games around the Blue Jays today had a lot of meaning as to why they are now playing the Twins, starting off with the absolute <laughs> snoozer between the, uh, the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers. That game ended with a one nothing score. It was a Dominic Canzone RBI fielder's choice, and that yep. was all 
it would take for the Rangers to lose there. Now on the flip side, it was totally different in Arizona. Eight to one win for the Houston Astros over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now that means with those two results, the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers are tied, but the Astros owned the tie break. We were talking about this on the last episode, which is the reason why the Astros take the se- uh, take the uh, division, excuse me, and the Rangers dip down into that wild card spot. And now, as we know, the matchups are the Jays and the Twins and the Texas Rangers and the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, you guys mentioned earlier on that the winner of the Jays and the Twins will go on to play Houston. But all three, if you may, just a little bit of a reminder with the new uh, rules, I guess there are kind of still new ish rules for the wild card. It is a best of three format and all of the games will be at the higher seat. So all three games in Minnesota, all three games in Tampa, and then the winner of that series will then go on to Houston and the 101 win Baltimore Orioles. Now, something that was pretty interesting and something that we brought up a couple of times here because of a young, exciting player and Jared Kalenic, he ended up breaking his foot earlier this year, kicking a water cooler. Happens. When he was, <laughs> I normally do that too. I strike out a lot, but earlier this year, when Kalenic was in the lineup, he was, the Mariners were 47 and 48 with him in the lineup. When he was injured, the Mariners went 32 and 16 in his absence. Since his return, including the game today, the Mariners went nine and nine and have since been eliminated from playoff contention since his return. Meaning, as we have gone over here, the Mariners are out. The Texas Rangers, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Toronto Blue Jays make their way into the 2023 postseason picture, baby. Brett, why don't you stick around? Let's give our predictions for the four wildcard series. We'll include the National League. Uh, let's start in the NL, actually, where a couple of former friends, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Gabby Moreno, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are the sixth seed heading to Milwaukee to take on the Brewers. Coomsey, what's your pick for that one? The Diamondbacks are a decent team. They're they're sneaky solid, but there's a tremendous amount of inexperience there. This is their first time in the playoffs, I think, since 2017. They lost the wildcard game to Colorado. That sounds familiar. Uh, I would have to go with Milwaukee with their veteran pitching staff that have pitched in the playoffs many times. Right, who you got? The Diamondbacks have looked better this year, and especially earlier on this year when they were leading the NL West. They have just fallen off a little bit too much as well for me. I have the Brewers also carrying on here and facing off against the Dodgers in the next series too. I think they'd also be just a better matchup in general against the Dodgers than the uh, Diamondbacks. So I'm going to go with uh, the Brewers here for this one. I'll go against you guys and I'll go with Arizona. I think, you know, the rotation's fine. They got some exciting pieces in that batting order as well. We know a guy like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. When he's hot, he's one of the best hitters in the league. So I'll go a little bit different. The Diamondbacks have lost four in a row heading into the playoffs. They are certainly not coming into this with a whole heck of a lot of momentum. But I think sometimes shit just doesn't make sense in these short three-game series. 
The other series in the National League, you got the five seed Miami Marlins taking on the four seed Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies seven and three heading into the postseason. I am going to take the play that makes sense here. I'm going to jump in and say the Phillies should probably get this done in two games. Coombsy, who do you have? I would have liked Miami a little bit more if Sandy Alcantara wasn't injured. That would probably be a bit of a game changer for the series, but it's hard to go against the Phillies in this one. That team just last year was in the World Series. There's a reason they were. They're they're built well for the playoffs. They have stars, guys who can hit dingers, guys who come up clutch, and guys like Zach Wheeler, who are phenomenal pitchers. They're built well for short playoff series. Brett, who you got? Yeah, it's it's hard not to hammer the Phillies here right now. They're a hot team. They have everything going together. They got star power and and not only star power, but postseason proven players all over the diamond and in the rotation here. I don't think the Marlins are quite ready, although this, I think this is kind of the, the start of the Marlins era, I think. But I think this is just going to end with the start for the Marlins this year. Yeah, so we're all on the Phillies. Let's go to the other series happening in the American League. Texas rolling down to take on the Tampa Bay Rays. Both of these teams, six and four in their last 10 heading to the postseason. A total of nine games separating them in the regular season as a whole. Coombsy, who do you like between the Rangers and the Rays? There's just no way that Texas's pitching can hold up in a playoff series. I don't think it. They just the injuries. Jacob Degrom's out. Max Scherzer's out. Nathan Ubaldi hasn't looked good since coming back off the injured list. They hit really well, but you need pitching to win these series. So I would go with Tampa there. Brett, you going with Tampa? Are you flipping the flipping the trend here? I'm feeling Tampa as well. Texas, uh, other outside of the Jays series and high leverage games, they just have not proven that they are ready for, especially a team like Tampa Bay and Aroldis Chapman's recent performances have just proven that this guy is one of the biggest flashes in the pan to me in a very, very long time. So uh, I'm going Tampa easily here. Yeah, I, I really want to pick Tampa as well. I was trying to figure out some logic to go with the Texas Rangers in this series. You know, maybe they have the best bat in Corey Seager, but I don't think Corey Seager is going to be enough to propel this team over the Tampa Bay Rays. You look at some of these series as of late, and it, the results just haven't quite been there. So I'm going to agree with you guys. I'll go with the Tampa Bay Rays in this one. So we're in agreement on two of the other three series. Brett, are you taking the Jays in the wild card series against Mini? Okay, oh, come on. And do, do I look crazy? I was taking a look when you guys were talking about weather here. Today in Minneapolis, Minnesota, 33 degrees. By Fahrenheit? Yeah. No, 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 no. Sorry. 33 degrees Celsius. I have my what? <laughs> Why? It's going to be like hot. I'm looking at the weather right now too. 30. You're right, Brett. 33 today, 31 Monday. When the series starts Tuesday, highs of 29. What? I was just totally wrong about the weather thing. Hey, I, yeah. I thought it was a I, well, scenario I, in Minnesota in October. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I'm going to worry about that. No, warm bats, warm hearts. It doesn't matter. But I think you do make a good point in that, though. It's a work in Tuesday, everybody. But it's not a work in Tuesday for those Jays fans who are heading down to Target Field. It is going to be a mess for Twins fans when those Jays fans conquer Minneapolis. It is going to be all Jays all the time in two. I love it. Thanks for hopping in, Brett. Of course. Thank you. 
Coomzy, I think uh, I think a lot of people know what our prediction is going to be, but I wanted to ask you, give me a breakdown. Three things that need to happen if the Toronto Blue Jays are going to beat the Minnesota Twins. They need Kevin Gosman to come out in game one and toss a gem. Uh, that's an important one. Then they need either Jose Barrios or Chris Bassett to have a good start as well. I think the starting pitching is going to be super important here. I really like the idea of Jose Barrios going up against his old team and tossing a gem in the playoffs. I think that would be spectacular. The year that Chris Bassett's had too, I wouldn't blame them if they made him the number two starter in the wild card round. Um, I think they need the good starting pitching there. Um, they need those big bats to come through. They need like a huge series from Vladdy or a huge series from Bo. Like I, I said earlier, yeah, they have the depth in the line. That'd be great if they got a contribution, a big dinger from Kirk or Varsho or somebody like that. But at the end of the day, your best players need to be your best players. So I'm saying Jim from Kevin Gosman's a big one. Good, good series from the Bows and the Vlads, the key players and the Jays. And then Jordan Romano's fingernails, another one for me. I was, it's, it was a little bit worrying seeing him have those kind of struggles in the last couple of weeks. The peripherals were good. The velocity was fine. So it seems like it's going to be okay. Maybe getting that crap out of the way in September before your games in October is a good thing. The timing didn't seem amazing, but maybe it's better that he did it now than in Minnesota in the playoffs. I will agree with you. My number one thing, Kevin Gosman's got to be damn near perfect in game one of this series. You need to start this thing on the right foot. You don't want to have to burn three, four bullpen arms in game one of this series and potentially still lose the game. Like Kevin Gosman's got to be damn near perfect. Number two, I'm going to say it's George Springer is my second kind of key to victory here. Part of the reason you go out and sign a veteran free agent like George Springer is because of his experience this time of the year. And I think if he can be a spark for them at the top of the order, he can get hot consistently. We're talking lead off. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Get in scoring position, things like that. His defense as well could be good. But if he can be a spark for them at the top of the order, I just think the domino effect is so significant for the Toronto Blue Jays. And for my third thing, I, I'm pretty confident in the bullpen, so I don't want to include them in this. So I'll say you, you need an unsung hero. I think Dalton Barsha was a guy who's been just hitting the ball really, really well as of late. But maybe it's even a, a piece like Matt Chapman, who, you know, really, really struggled for a handful of months, but looked like he was starting to turn it around. That home run he hit against Tampa Bay, where he just drilled it to center field. Like, to me, that was a sign that he's starting to get over the injuries and he's starting to feel more comfortable. So I'll say an unsung bat or an unsung hero like Matt Chapman or Darn, Dalton Varsho is uh, my third thing. Scale of one to 10. What's your confidence here, Coombsy? But a five. I think that's what the 2023 Blue Jays, like I kind of go into this, I view it as a coin flip. Like it would be very 2023 Blue Jays to lose to the Minnesota twins in their first playoff series in forever, but it would also be very 2023 blue Jays to play their best two games of the season in this playoff series. So I'm, I'm at a five out of 10, I'm 50, 50. This could, this could go a few different ways for me. And I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to have expectations. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> I think that's totally fair. I'll, I'll go a hair higher. I'll say five and a half out of 10, just because I like Kevin Gosman more than the Minnesota yeah. arms still. So I'm like, okay, if you have the starting pitching advantage in game one, if your bullpen's as good as the Jays bullpen has been like, you know, maybe your bats can wake up for this three game set. It's just so weird. And so random when you can only, it's a three game series. It's just like all the other ones you've played this year. And whoever really shows up is going to be the team that comes out on top. I know that's like so painfully obvious to say, but um, we'll see what happens here. 4.30 Eastern time starts for the Toronto Blue Jays in a playoff series against the Minnesota Twins. Our friends at Botano will have odds up right away. I would expect the Jays to come in as slight favorites in this series, even though they are the road team and the lower seed in this one. Coombsy, you enjoy some playoff October baseball. We'll talk again later in the week. I will do my best. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.